Hey there, language lovers. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast. I'm Shannon Kennedy, and with me, as always, is Benny Lewis. Joining us is Kitachai, our incredible Fluent in Three Months team member who is responsible for a lot of the support and tech wrangling that goes on behind the scenes here at Fluent in Three Months and in the Challenge. If you enjoy the Language Hacking Podcast, you can join us on Patreon, where you can get access to bonus questions with our guests and loads of other exclusive content. You can learn more at languagehacking.com slash Patreon. So in our chat with Kitachai, we discuss learning Japanese using the speak from day one approach, how Kitachai learned English and how it differed from his experience learning Japanese, working at an international company and adapting to the cultural differences, how Fluent in Three Months has influenced Kitachai's own language journey, being inspired by Benny's travels and becoming a travel vlogger in Thailand, Kitachai's perspective on foreigners learning Thai, the biggest struggles Thai learners face, why foreigners in Thailand often don't learn the Thai language, and using video games as a tool for learning languages. So let's get into our chat with Kitachai. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 110. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. I'm your host, Benny Lewis, and I'm joined by Shannon Kennedy. And today we are interviewing my good friend, Kitachai. Kitachai is actually the first person that I ever hired for Fluent in Three Months. And he is Thai, and um, I am going to dive into his language learning story. I'm going to find it very interesting, and I'm so happy that I can share it with you guys today. So let's jump right on in. And how are you doing today, Kitachai? So I'm doing very good. How are you, Benny? I am doing excellently. I'm hoping to get back to Thailand as soon as possible myself. But um, for those listening, could you give us a little bit of your background, how um, how eventually you got into learning languages and how your English helped you connect uh, with me initially and how you, you've been learning other languages like Japanese? Well, it's about, you know, when I started out with you, I was in the U.S. for doing work. I, I worked at a, as a master there and I worked in the U.S. for about three months and then I got a chance to visit Japan. So at the time, I I was not really impressed with Japan because I, I read too too much too much about the history about the World War Two and stuff. So I'm not really into Japan at all. But when I got a chance, I it was a stopover. I went to Japan and I was really impressed with it. You know, the people, the cleanliness is so impressive. What can I say? So, but the problem, the problem with Japan is that people just don't speak English at all. I, and I had no understanding of Japanese. When I go to Japan, I couldn't communicate with anyone. So when I came back to Thailand, I, I think about, I have to learn Japanese if I have to visit it again. If I have to go to Japan again, I need to learn Japanese so I can speak with people there. That's why I, I started learning Japanese. And 
I think I, I emailed you once, Benny, about I, I, I was going to start learning Japanese by using uh, flashcard. At the time, I, I read about your article about the SIS anti, right? The, the electric flash, the, the electric flashcard. So I, I try using it myself to remember the Chinese characters in Japanese or it's called kanji, right? It was a boring process of remembering. I start to remember about a month or two months, but I, I hadn't actually speak with anyone before. So I cannot speak Japanese. So I, I took your advice of speaking from day one. I, I started reach out for a Japanese teacher in, in my area at the time. And I found one Japanese teacher in my hometown, Ubon Lashatani. So I talked with her. Uh, my first le lesson was a mess, you know, I, I couldn't speak at all. But I told my teacher, please only speak in Japanese, no Thai. I, I paid you <laughs> to speak to me in Japanese. So please only speak to me in Japanese. And I, I couldn't say anything. I, I only can say some very, very basic thing like, my name is Kirishai and how are you? <laughs> and that's it. And that's, that's my entire first lesson. But it gave me the idea of when, when you speak, you know, you know what to speak, right? In your language, you know what to speak. So what I couldn't speak, I write it in my notebook. I wrote a lot of Japanese words that I can't speak in my notebook. And I sent her afterward the, the words and I asked her, what are these words in Japanese? And I build my vocabulary from there. I think I, at the time I took about three or four lessons per week and it, it was very effective and, and they were all in Japanese and I get better and better. It was very nerve wracking, but it's effective. You shared with us your experience of learning Japanese, but I'm curious, what was your experience learning English and how was it different? I guess I, I liked learning English when I was a kid because I was quite good at it. I mean, at the time, I, I thought that I was good at it. At the moment, I'm not so sure. <laughs> but, but when I was a kid, I, I think that I, I was good in English. I was good at English, so I should pursue it. I should do it better. As an Asian kid, you know, your parents always say something like, you have to be good at one thing. You have to be good at least one thing. You either be good at everything or you have to be good at one thing. I am actually a, a guy from a, the rural town. So the English education is not so, so good at all. But I think the way that I improve my English is from watching a lot of uh, Western dramas. For example, I, at the time there is a, cable TV, I think it's Apprentice by Donald Trump. I, I was so surprised that people from the Western world spoke so frankly about their 
feelings and stuff, you know, and they 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 basically curse curse at other people at their face. So it was like a eye opening for me. I basically watch a lot of movies because I I didn't really have the opportunity to really meet people. You you see that. When Benny probably came to Bangkok, there's, there's a lot of foreign people here. There's a lot of Western people here. But in my, in my rural town, in my countryside, there's no, there's like 10 of them in my town. So I didn't have much chance to practice. And in Thailand, you teach English by using Thai. So it's, quite useless. You only study grammar and stuff. You don't really actually speak it. So so that's probably why I started learning Japanese by remembering stuff because that's that's the way I was taught to to do. So it's not really effective. Speaking is the most effective way to learn stuff for me. For people who don't know, uh, I initially found Kidachai because I was going to Thailand for several months and I wanted help for um, just basic logistics for booking accommodation, uh, some basic help with some of the videos that I was making in in Thai at the time. Um, And I essentially hired him as a temporary assistant and I appreciated the work that he did so, so much that I ultimately hired him as uh, a full-time team member. So as a, a member of an international company, how has your experience been adjusting to uh, the various culture clashes? Because like you said, uh, sometimes Westerners can be very blunt and that might not be something that you were used to before. So how did you adjust from previously any Thai working experience to working for a more international company? The thing that I learned before I visit the America to, to work there, I thought that people would be frank, to be franker, what is the word? To be more honest. It's, that's not the word, isn't it? <laughs> when, when I first visited America, other Thai people say that the, the people in America are, are very, very frank about their way of speaking. I learned that that is not quite true in my experience. American, Americans are very nice. I mean, they are, they are super nice. They are very friendly. Uh, when, when I start working for Benny, I think, I think Benny is more direct. I think, I think our team, like Benny, Balin, they are they are more direct. They are more direct than what I experienced in my real life in America. And and people for my for my my classmates, my teachers, they are they're not very direct at all in my experience. They're like they are more likely to talk behind your back than than to really say something direct for you to to improve if i i think i think i like the, the way western culture works in the way that you are more direct you you talk 
directly, and that makes me improve as a person than than going like indirect and talking behind your your back. I think I think I I like it more here. It's more more suitable for me. Yeah, and like you said, there's uh, multiple layers. I think generally I find Americans less direct, and that has been a point of frustration for me. Whereas, like you said, Balint, who's on our team, he's from Hungary, and he's he's also in on the podcast in another episode. And um, myself, I'm of course from from Ireland. We're both kind of uh, generally Northern European countries, so we're much more direct than Americans. But like you said, in Asia, uh, it's a lot less likely, depending on the country, but it's a lot less likely that people will say no to your face or they'll tell you, I don't like what you did in this job. And uh, it doesn't mean they're firing you. It just means that the feedback is there. And this is one of the reasons that we've kept you on so long is that I've told you if there's something I want you to tweak and you've uh, you've tweaked it immediately. So it's uh, an advantage because if I wasn't telling you things, then I would just kind of decide one day I don't like his work and I I, I would fire you. So that's kind of a, an advantage is that you always know where you stand with people. Yeah, like... In Thailand, if 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 you, for example, if you go to a friend's house and they offer you something like a drink or something, you're supposed to say no, even if you want it. In Thailand, it is just weird. Why why don't you just say yes, man? Is I sometimes I don't understand it. You know, the indirectness is sometimes killing me as, as even a Thai person. So, other than you know the directness and the indirectness cultural differences are there any other kind of major things that have stood out to you in how all of us being from such vastly different countries in a lot of cases work together or any sorts of dynamics that are different than what you're used to i'm i'm not i'm not so sure because you know i actually i i have only worked two places one in america which is a restaurant i i was a buster so that's not kind of the experience that I apply here. So uh, I don't have that much experience to be qualified for this question, I think. And uh, like moving on to the actual discussions you would have had with people as a part of your job at Fluent in Three Months, um, you are one of the main points of contact that people have when they reach out to us via the blog because I can't possibly answer the emails myself based on the number of them that we get. And part of that has been uh, that we've trained you to reply to people's questions about how they learn languages. So what has been that experience for you behind the scenes of learning how I and the rest of the team would suggest people learn languages and then for you to pass that advice on to others yourself and then ultimately integrate it into your own experience learning Japanese. So how has Fluent in Three Months kind of influenced your own language learning journey? The number one challenge for most of the people is when they speak. You know, when they speak, they cannot speak the words that they want to speak. The, the word just doesn't come to mind. So I think the way that I integrate it to me is that I, when I, when I take the class, like Japanese class, I just speak what I want to speak to, to my teacher. 
when when I cannot speak, I will just write that word down in my notepad. And I ask my teacher, I, I am now ex experienced to, to explain what I cannot understand in Japanese. So it's quite handy. So I, I asked her in Japanese, what is this word in Thai means in Japanese? And I'll, I'll write, write them down and I put them in my Anki deck and I review them every day. So if I, if I want to speak about that situation, about that word again, that, that, that word comes up, I am able to in the future. I am quite, I am quite interested in speaking about myself. So, so Anki has been helpful for me in that regard. I think in addition to language learning, you also had a little bit of influence on the travel side from Benny and Fluent in Three Months, um, because at one point you started a travel vlog and you went around Thailand and you documented some of your travels and conversations you had with people. What was the inspiration behind that? Yeah, <laughs> Benny has been a big influence for me because when I found him, I was like 18, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I, I saw Benny's video when, when he was doing a lot of traveling back in the years. So I, I think uh, maybe I, I want to copy him a little bit, you know, I, I want to, I want to go out and speak to people. I want to ask them questions, but unfortunately, unfortunately, the, the pandemic started and the government begins to shut down. And there are curfews, so you couldn't leave, so you couldn't go outside. Maybe I, I want to, to go out again, but I haven't been able to to do so. In terms of before the pandemic, what kind of uh, travel inspirations did you have? Oh, yeah. I, I got a lot of inspiration from you, Benny, about traveling with low budget and finding the cheap, travel one blog you you mentioned about being a ah, nomadic yeah i i got inspiration from you about being nomadic lifestyle and i i want i want to do that also you don't possess a lot of material stuff it's like enjoying the moment and in terms of like like you said in your uh, hometown you simply would not have been likely to come across any foreigners. But as you've spent more time in places like Bangkok, and like you said, when you did a little bit of travels in Thailand, you would have met other foreigners. So uh, have you found any who have put some real effort into learning Thai? And what's been your reaction to that? Or have you seen them mainly just be speaking to you in English? I did. Yes, I did. When I start my my YouTube channel, there is, there, there, there was one person, American, reached, reached out to me and said, Hey, are you in, in your hometown? Let's go out to eat. And we did, we did go out to eat. And he could speak Thai. He, he, he was there with, with his Thai girlfriend and, and he, he spoke Thai to me. And I was like, wow, nobody has done that before. Everyone, everyone in Thailand just cannot speak Thai at all. I mean, the, the Western that, that come here. I don't blame them either because what's the point of big Thai when, when everyone in Thailand can, can speak English to, to a degree? 
you know, when you go to Bangkok, everyone there should be able to to speak English to you at a, at a limited degree, but they can speak. It's unlike in Japan. If you go to Japan, they just couldn't speak English at all, at, like at all. So they 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 couldn't help you with with anything if if you. If you don't have Google Maps or something, you will get lost definitely. And there, there is no English in Japan at all. But in Thailand, there, there are Thai signs, there are English signs. So that's that's probably why people that come here don't bother speak Thai or learn Thai at all. But but if you see someone, if you are a Thai person and you see a Western that can speak Thai, I can guarantee you that you will be super, super popular here because no one can do. And in my, as, as I said, in my rural town, there's like 10 Western people. They, they cannot speak Thai at all, but, but they, but everywhere they go, everyone was like head turning, you know, who's this guy? Who's this guy? But if but if you can speak Thai, everyone will want to speak to you. Even even they they cannot speak English, right? Somewhere they go, Thai people will will say hello hello to them. Even even they can speak English, but they know the word hello. They will Thai people will, will go like hello, hello, and then just don't say anything else. That's how popular. You are if if you are a Westerner in Thailand. So in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, you often reach out and connect with challengers who are learning Thai. And so I'm curious from your perspective, what are the things that some of these Thai learners um, struggle with the most? So what are some of the biggest obstacles for someone learning Thai? I think Thai is actually a grammatically easy language. But the hardest part is its writing. The writing is very, very complicated for some reason. If you learn how to read Thai, it's going to be super complicated. There's like 44 characters and there's like 26 styles. There, there are too many characters that do the same job. There are super complicated spellings that I, I won't, I can't even explain to you because it's super complicated, even in, in Thai, even for Thai people, some people cannot spell the word correctly, even some easy words. So I don't, I don't really expect anyone that learned Thai to have a good time with, with Thai writing. If, if, if you look at Lao language, which is like a rather language to, to Thai language, the Lao language has a very, very easy, it's not very easy, but way easier than, than Thai writing system. But we practically use the same gram- grammatical system and we are like 50% intellectual. But in Lao, they don't have excessive characters like Thai language. So the number one problem for Thai learner is the writing system in Thai. Yeah, it it is a bit of a challenge. And when I was getting into Thai myself, um, 
but I, I, come, I came up with a funny mnemonic for remembering the alphabet. And ultimately, it is still a limited number of what is essentially an alphabet. Um, so it's still vastly easier to learn than Chinese or Japanese that have like individual characters. So um, uh, it's one of those things that you, you get intimidated when you first see it. But it's like anything. You put in a little bit of work and you could potentially work your way around it. Um, but other than the, the writing system, uh, why do you think that um, so many foreigners in Thailand end up never learning the local language? Because somewhere like Japan also has a lot of tourists. There's lots of people who visit Japan um, and like ultimately, like you said, most Japanese people won't end up learning uh, that much English. Whereas in Thailand, there's a different relationship with tourists. And because of that, there's a lot more people who end up learning uh, English who live in Thailand as a result. So why do you think there's a different relationship with tourists in Thailand compared to Japan? I think the reason that people that come to Thailand and don't study Thai I think that's because it is easier to use English. If I look from their perspective, right? If I am a, a foreigner, I go to Thailand for like a holiday or something and I can speak, I can speak English and I can get what I want. I, I can go to restaurant and speak English. I can go to the mall, speak English. I can ask for direction in, in the English. I think that probably there is no reason to to study Thai at all, especially the writing system is so hard. Ah, oh, yeah, I think I think one more reason is that probably there there are more people that teach Japanese more than people that teach Thai. I think if you search on Google for how to learn Japanese, I think there will be like. 100 times more than how to learn Thai. And there are even some resources that to learn Japanese that were written by foreigners, by Americans, for example. But I don't think there is one that was written by foreigner for Thai language. So I think it's quite hard to understand the perspective. If you, if you are Thai like me, right? I, I have no idea to, to teach Thai to you. So when you study Thai, it, it is probably more difficult to understand because I, I don't understand your perspective that you come from English. I don't understand what to teach you for, for, for the start. So, but if you learn Jap Japanese, for example, there are a lot of people who are expert in Japanese. Who, who are foreigners and they know and they know how to how to start learning because they they start they start them as second language right so so it's probably easier to learn japanese than to learn thai from a, a thai pe people like me so to change the subject a little bit you are a bit of a gamer like me so i'm curious have you used video games at all as a way to practice or learn your languages yeah yes i do <laughs> Like when I started learning Japanese, like a few years ago, there was one game that I like a lot, Overwatch. I, I changed the, the entire game to Japanese, to Japanese voice lines, to Japanese writing. 
and it it helps me a lot. It it helps me a lot because you know you you hear the, the same word, you hear the same word, you see the the same word over and over again, and it quite help you with memorizing a bit. Just like when you when you watch movies, but but movies you don't you probably don't don't watch them a lot, do you? But games you you hear the same word over and over again, and you you just memorize it. So yeah, game gamer has has this advantage, I think. In terms of uh, once the pandemic is wound down. What do you see as your your future plans for uh, potentially traveling back to Japan and maybe starting up your your vlog again? Yeah. Now, now the pandemic has rained out, so I think definitely I will travel to Japan at some point because now Japan is closed at at the, at the moment, but it it will probably open soon. It has to open, like right. One day it has to reopen. So I will definitely travel to Japan and use that as an opportunity to speak some Japanese to Japanese people, and maybe make some friends with it, and uh, maybe even vlog with it. I don't know. And of course, we have to ask you this question because we ask everyone who comes on the podcast, what is your definition of language hacking? My definition of language hacking is to, for me, is to be able to speak the language because my classmates, when they learn English, when they study English, they don't actually get the opportunity to practice it. And in the end, they are not even, and in the end, they are not able to speak the language. For example, a lot of people in Thailand, a lot of my friends, they they study English from grade one to twelve, right? There are English classes in all grade grades. So, but they don't have the opportunity to speak, so they are not able to speak the so language. My- language hacking is to be able to speak the language because my friends they are not able to speak the language at all yep the difference between speaking and not speaking it's uh, the simplest way of putting it all right well thank you very much Kitachai, for joining us for this chat today really appreciate it and uh, of course we'll have links in the show notes that if people do want to check out that vlog if you're ever starting it up again they'll be able to find you but of course anyone who reaches out to Fluent Three Months support, will of course be hear, hearing from Kilichai, who we nickname the Duke as a part of the team. <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Vinny. And until the next time, I'll wish all our listeners a very happy language learning. Happy language learning. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Once again, if you enjoy the Language Hacking Podcast, you can join us over on Patreon at languagehacking.com slash Patreon. And of course, we always love hearing from you. You can let us know what you think over at languagehacking.com slash review. And until the next time, happy language learning. Happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts.
If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Katie Pascoe, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. Theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and happy language learning.